Hey, rock stars, I'm JB, expert salesperson and master presenter. I'm the doctor, psychologist, and behavioral expert. This is the Entrepreneur Mastery Lab Podcast. We're high-performance coaches that help service-based professionals and entrepreneurs take their skills to the next level. 70% of entrepreneurs fail, which is why every week we have real talk with real entrepreneurs to help ensure you are not one of them. We're also the inventors of the Be Rich Mindset, where we rise to mastery, inspire greatness, celebrate knowledge, and help others along the way. So join us in the lab. And now, on to the show. Welcome back to the lab. I'm JB. I'm the doctor. It's good to see you again, Doc. How you doing, man? I am lovely. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Yeah, it's always it's always a fine day. I always love getting on the podcast with you. A big thank you to all of our listeners, those returning. Thank you so much for your support. I'm certain you've already done it. Uh, you've given us the five-star review, you followed, you liked, you subscribed, you've told your friends, your family, you've, you've beaten them over the head with it. Um, but on the off chance you haven't, we'd really appreciate it if you can do that. And if you're a new listener, thank you so much for joining us here in the Entrepreneur Mastery Lab. We're super excited. As we say, we like to bring in real professionals with real talk on a weekly basis so we can give you the insight and knowledge to be the best version of yourself you can be. We'd love to know where you're watching us also. So if you're not aware, this is also streaming on YouTube. So yes, if you want to see our lovely smiling faces, you can head on over to YouTube. And while you're there, that's when you hit the subscribe and you hit that little notification bell. Ding, I ding, like ding. the I like the YouTube format. I mean, the podcast is nice when you're driving, but the YouTube with I'm not driving. I, I, I love channels that do that. So it's a pretty cool thing to be able to do. He might be saying he likes to watch himself a lot. Now, don't don't put words into my mouth. I, I I put my own foot in my mouth plenty of times. You don't need to help me with it. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> <laughs> well, Doc, I, I am super excited today. We've got a great guest joining us. We've got uh, somebody that I've really been looking forward to having on the podcast for quite a few months now. Uh, we have Tracy Bissett. And Tracy is a CFA, Certified Financial Analyst. Uh, she's a professor up in Canada. She runs her own podcast. Uh, she's also a financial fitness coach, and she just works really, really closely with young, growing professionals in a lot of ways, just like us, uh, but with a very different focus. And so really excited. Tracy, welcome to the lab. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here with both of you. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a blast. Do me a favor. Uh We've chatted before. We've had a chance to get to know each other a little bit. But for our listeners, can you can you color in the lines a little bit about what I just shared and, and just give us a little bit more about your background? Absolutely. So I am based in Toronto, Ontario, in Canada. Uh, so coming from uh, from Canada to you today, and uh, I grew up loving money ever since I was a little kid. Went on to business school. Uh, thought I would um, go and work in a bank for, for one or two years and fast forward, it turned out to be 16. Uh, worked in the areas of commercial lending and risk management. So really have been in support of 
um, people, individuals, and companies in terms of their finances for many decades. And then, as does often happen, my seat was taken away from the table, and uh, I decided to start my own business, uh, which was great because I could have jumped into another role at another institution. I was working at one of Canada's big five banks, so lots of great exposure and experiences, uh, but started Bissett Financial Fitness back in 2016. And I focus all my energy on helping young adults as well as business owners really increase their financial acumen um, so they can live the lives they want to live with confidence. Um, I'm looking forward to getting back to lots of live music events this year, uh, getting back to theme parks and get onto some roller coasters. And uh, we were already talking uh, before we hit record of our all shared love of dogs. So I've got a new little puppy and I've got a, a six-year-old who's who's recovering from a surgery. So got my hands full over here and excited to chat all things money today. Yeah. Th thank you, by the way. I lo love the background. I love the messaging. <laughs> I, I mean, you just, you're just tight with your, with your messaging. You've, <laughs> you've done that a few times, haven't you? A couple of times. Yeah. yeah. And of course you run your own podcast as well. So you've probably gotten very comfortable doing that. Uh, I I'm curious. Uh, it, it, it when a, when a business name sticks out, when, when a branding sticks out to me, it kind of always curious behind it. So the financial fitness coach, uh, can you just share what, what kind of brought that on? It's gotta be more than the rhyme. I like it. Visit fitness <laughs> kind of, it plays really well, but what was, what was the process behind that the thought process? Absolutely. So my whole um, life, I've been focused on money and, and the, the benefits that it gives you. And certainly during my time as a banker, I was always working on financial literacy initiatives through the organization. And I found that when you say the words financial literacy, people kind of take a step back. They're, all of a sudden, you've said they're illiterate, they're feeling embarrassed, they're feeling ashamed. And I didn't want my relationships with anybody starting off on that foot. And so when you talk about financial fitness, we're automatically starting from the positive. So wherever someone is on their journey, whether it's personally or in their company, I encourage them to take forward steps, imperfect every day. Let's build on the positive wherever you're starting and let's move forward. Let's not talk about all your deficiencies. We are going to talk about them because we need to know what you need to, to work on and learn. Uh, but let's not get started on a, on a negative foot. Yeah. So, so some real intentionality behind yes. that, which, which, which I love. Uh, and it's a funny thing. If, uh, if you feel like you're calling somebody a, a, an idiot, right. You know, to kind of put it plainly, you know, yeah. they don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> better, better to not do that. So I, I, I agree with the, the, the way you're thinking. I, I do love the branding. Uh, I, I would love, because I think a lot of people aren't as familiar with this, just CFA, Certified Financial Analyst. Can you just go into what that is and kind of how that separates you from a lot of other you know, financial experts out there? Because I think that's a, that's a really, really, really big deal that most people outside of financial services probably are just not familiar with. Absolutely. So I've got lots of financial education. I've got a Bachelor of Commerce. I've got a Master's in Business. Uh, in Canada, we have... Um, Canadian Securities Institute. So we have lots of professional designations through there. The normal path when someone's going to be a financial advisor or financial planner, they take the certified uh, financial planner designation, and that's the same Canada and the US. Um, CFA um, is a three exam process where you're working on a uh, wide range of curriculum. There's a lot of accounting. There's a lot of financial planning curriculum. Um, the pass rates are very, very low for every single level. Um, like sometimes they're in the 20%. It's the only designation I know where you can put in all the time, put in all the study um, and still not be successful. So I would love to say I passed all three levels in, in three 
three rights, but that didn't happen. Um, so each level gets uh, consecutively more difficult. And it also requires professional industry experience um, to be able to use the designation when you're finished. And so really pleased that I, I hung in there and, and got it finished and, and proud of it. Uh, I'm a professor at Centennial College. And then so I teach students to become financial planners. And a lot of them are very interested in that. And, and certainly in Toronto, in financial services, there are a lot of people who hold a CFA designation. Uh, but I always encourage them to think about what kind of work do you want to do? Um, do you need this? Is it going to be required? If you do want, want to do it for fun, make sure you know what you're getting into. Uh, but certainly proud um, that I had the resilience and, and discipline to stay with it to get it finished. And I got to say, I, I, I know a number. Uh, we, I do a lot of work with the CFA local chapter down here in Miami, Florida, uh, because I'm on the executive board of the CFB uh, uh, Association, Certified Financial Professionals. So, so we just tend to share a lot of commonality, I think, as, as associations. Uh, I have yet to meet a CFA who has passed all levels of the exam on the first go the first time. And I, I've met some pretty <laughs> brilliant people. So, you know, these are you know, really, really sharp people. So I, it, it's incredible. I think a few years ago now, this is going back a few years ago, I'm sure it's, it's gained in popularity. But the, the number used to be just over 100,000 worldwide with the CFA designation. So, I mean, this is a tiny, tiny segment of the populations that, that's able to actually get this licensing. And uh, it's intimidating. I mean, when you actually look at what's required of it, it it's really pretty intimidating. So uh, kudos to you for, for getting it. And I love that you're using that knowledge to help really teach people in the academic setting and as, as well as in your business as well. Um, diving right into, I think, as a small business owner, You've probably seen a lot of common mistakes from people when it when it comes to their, their finances and, and how they're going about things. So uh, you probably talk about this a lot on your podcast as well. But just in general, what are some things people should probably be aware of if they're a small business owner uh, as like a red flag? Uh oh, I'm going down a path I don't want to go down. And you know, can you just identify a few of those for us? Absolutely. So the very first thing is actually stepping up to take accountability for the financial side of the business. Uh, I find business owners kind of fall into one or two camps. Um, I'm going to work really hard and sell stuff and it's going to work out. Or I've delegated to an accountant or a bookkeeper and they're handling it so I don't need to know the numbers. And so neither of those is, is okay. Uh, you need to step up and take accountability. By no means do you need to do it alone. Um, certainly work with a bookkeeper and an accountant, get a financial coach if you need one. But in order to drive the results and strategy in your business, you need to know your numbers. Um, so that's the first one. Uh, second mistake I see is people so focused on sales on that top line and they're not thinking about the bottom line. Am I actually making any money? Um, so especially social media, we see people hype it all the time. I had a launch of this, my sales are that, and people get all jealous and in a frenzy around, look what that person's doing. Um, let's ask that person, how much did you spend to make that money? Are you actually profitable at the end of the day? Are you taking home a steady paycheck? Because uh, I typically work with business owners across all industries. Sales are under $2 million, And I would say 85% of them are pricing unprofitably. So they're not able to get steady wow. paychecks. They're not able to look after their personal needs in their life, let alone uh, reinvest back into the business. So that's a really big one that I see. And I would say the, the third one is not getting access to credit soon enough. And so coming from a banking uh, environment and landscape, as soon as you start your business, whether you're unincorporated or you are, uh, make sure you at least get a separate bank account, get a credit card you can use, a small overdraft or line of credit, 
so that you start the clock on the credit history for the company. And as you grow, you'll be able to grow that access to credit. It's very um, challenging to go out and get it the moment that you need it if you're just starting up brand new relationships and nobody really knows about you or your business. We have a saying where in the world I came from that that banks are always willing to lend you money when you don't need it. Yeah. But the, the you need it, it can be a little harder to get it. Uh, I don't think I would have expected it to be those those three items. Uh, <laughs> that that number blew my mind a little bit. Eighty five percent are pricing in, in a way that it's just not profitable for them. Uh, yeah. That's probably a pretty big recipe for failure in a, in a business. Is that easy for business owners to correct? So if you're working with somebody and you see that, I, I mean, is that an easy fix or how difficult is it to somebody to correct the course on something like that? So if you're starting your business, ideally you do the math beforehand and we should be able to have a conversation, pull out a piece of paper right now and, and work through what are you proposing to sell this for? What are all the costs? What are then your fixed costs? The ones you have to pay, whether you sell anything, and we should be able to map that out pretty quickly. If you're already in business, I do a deep dive then on, on people's products or services. We look at what are the costs that go into because you're selling it. So if if you need an hour of your time, okay, that's factored in. If you, you have some packaging or whatever else you're doing, and then thinking about those overheads, usually it's not kind of a blow up of the business and let's start over. It's perhaps how do we increase the prices? Because most people are very reluctant to increase their prices because it brings up um, a lot of feelings of doubt and insecurity about their own worth and do they really offer so much value. And uh, as well, they don't want people um, kind of attacking them and criticizing them, even though everybody knows we've got super high inflation, everything costs more. Um, people don't like to bring that into their own business necessarily. And so sometimes it's a pivot of who it's being sold to. Sometimes it's just an increase in the prices, um, sometimes a reduction in cost, but usually that's not the one that's really going to drive the change in the business. It's really interesting. And, and I could appreciate it as a, as a business owner, because, you know, the, the doc and I, we, we absolutely talk pricing from time mm -hmm. to time and you, you get the feedback from people on occasion. Oh, that's uh, that's more than I expected to pay. And it's, it's exactly what you said. It's well, what value are we bringing? Right. You know, it, it, it's never a, a question of cost to me. It's, it's price and, and pr the difference in my head, cost and price is cost is the, those line items, right? That's the mm -hmm. expense price is the value, right? Like what, what right. am I getting for, for the cost here? What, what am I really pulling from this? Uh, there's a price to not do something too. And we, and we see that oftentimes in business. Uh, so that, so that's interesting. Is it a bad thing if a business is, in the red early on yet right so if, if the business is losing money early on it you know it do you think that's a bad thing or do you see that quite a bit because especially with side hustles i gotta imagine that 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 comes up absolutely and it can be it can be perfectly natural so when you're starting your business you should do a little bit of planning around like how long is it going to take me to actually make some sales what are all those costs i'm going to have to pay and to figure out how much cash you're going to need to get you through until that profitability point um, if you're selling something like um, some kind of inventory item and you've got to get to a critical mass to actually hit the profitability that's a different kind of business model and you can map that out a little bit easier um, but in some kind of service-based business you should be hitting it in a couple of months or you've got to maybe get better at communicating the value because sometimes it's just about our communication not actually the 
the value that we're providing. Um, but being clear on how long is that going to take and making sure you've got enough resources so that you're not um, straining your personal finances while you're doing it as well. It can be stressful. Yes. <laughs> Doc, what do you think about that? Is stress with startup businesses? There's a couple of things I was just thinking through is, uh, the idea of messaging and branding yourself is very important because you're interesting saying when you talk about pricing and how much people are willing to pay in inflation. And I think it's one of those, if they know you personally, or if they're not really familiar with your brand yet, there's that hesitation. But if you have that like famous name behind you, <laughs> like if a Jenner's trying to sell anything, or if actually <laughs> trying to sell anything, people will pay way over the value. Uh, so I think a lot of it does come back to how you're messaging and branding yourself and, and that confidence that you have in, in displaying what, why the product is so necessary. Um, and then to go back to the idea of starting up, I think a lot of people we've talked to and worked with over the years is they have these great ideas and they start to, they want to just put it out there and implement it, but they don't actually think of the business behind it, right? That there is numbers that have to be kind of taken into consideration and, you probably want to have some sort of business plan and outline and speak to someone like yourself to kind of get that idea of what it is going to cost. And I think that shocks them when they see how many little line items there are that start to add up when they just think, oh, it's just make the item, sell the item. But now there's a lot of little stuff that goes in between there that's just they're not even aware of at that point. Yeah, definitely everything takes longer than you think and it costs way more than you think. Like if I, just when I go through my credit card statement, I'm looking at all these little plugins that just go to make my website work. I'm like, I don't even know what all these things are. And because that's not my expertise, but who would have imagined that there's all these things you've got to pay for. And so you've got to do your, your due diligence up front, unless you've got a nice healthy bank account and you can run for a while and just figure it out, uh, make mistakes and, and you've got the funds to do that. Um, but best to be more strategic with your resources if you can be. It comes back to almost self-awareness. And, and I say self-awareness because with a time perspective and the investment of time, we tend to be a little overly optimistic uh, about ourselves and what we're able to accomplish in a set period of time. And, and, and so the argument's always, hey, 20% over. I think that's a fair thing to do with our budgeting too when we're trying to figure out how expensive something is. Well, just pad it by 20% and maybe you'll be ballpark where you, where you need to be. Maybe if, if, if you're pretty good at that. Uh, it, it makes me want to ask a question though, Tracy, and I, I'm very curious about this. Uh, how many business owners do you find engage you or somebody like you, you know, the, the, the financial coaching side of this before they get started and how many are kind of finding you well after they've gotten started. Do you, do you have a sense of that? Yeah, a very clear one. I would love to say people come before they start. I would love to say in their early years, they come to me. Uh, usually I start working with people when they're either on a growth plane uh, and they've they need some help to change the way the trajectory is going, or they're actually in some kind of trouble. Uh, and they realize, you know what, if I'm going to make this work, I need someone else to help me. Um, getting back to what we were talking about, financial literacy and financial fitness, schools do a really poor job at educating on personal finance, let alone business finance. Even if you go on to do a business degree, they don't actually teach you about how to run a business. Uh, unless you get into maybe one course on entrepreneurship. So for some reason, though, business owners feel this kind of shame and embarrassment uh, that they don't feel if they need help with sales or marketing or operations. Um, but there's this reluctance to go out and seek help that it's a sign of weakness. Um, so 
the people are coming to me when they're, there's usually some trouble or they know they've got to really change things to, to make the leap to the next level. Um, but earlier, the better always. Um, but when people come, that, that's when you can support them when they're open and ready for that. Makes sense. Uh, I, I know in my other business, I, I say the worst time to implement is as a reaction, which, which is commonly when it gets implemented. Uh, but that's the least ideal scenario, right? If we're reacting to something, we're already in trouble. And I, I hate to see people, you know, respond out of a little bit of desperation, even because it, you know, if they're backed into a corner, it's a, it's a problem already. Uh, so I can appreciate that you can be a little bit more strategic if you're upfront, the earlier you are with something like this, the, the, the more value you're going to get from it mm -hmm. long-term too. And the faster it's going to help you get to wherever it is you want to go. So a little off topic, but, but curious about this, cause I saw this, uh, it's, I'm starting to date myself. It's been a long time since I was in school. Uh, but even the idea of having a, a financial professional education, uh, path, didn't exist. And I went to a major public university here in the States. I went to Pennsylvania State University, uh, pretty darn large state school, one of the biggest in the country. It didn't exist, right? You know, th those courses did not exist. Why? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Probably ought to have existed in the first place. Um, why do you think institutions don't have kind of the personal finance and the business finance aspect developed for people? Is, is there is there a reason behind that? Or is it just is it just a fail from from, from institutional perspective that needs to get addressed? I think it's a fail. I think it's a fail before we even get to post-secondary education. I think every age, young people can learn about money and how it can be used in their life and how to think about it. Um, certainly, I teach in a financial services program, and we, we do have in a, a three-year program, we have got a personal lending type course where people get to play the role of the banker. But that kind of course should actually be in any program that people are learning um, because it's it's critical to their life success. So no matter what your goals are in life, if you don't have your finances handled, you're going to have a really tough time. Um, certainly in some of the incubator programs or mentoring programs where business owners are getting that guidance, I think there's a better um attention to that financial management side. And uh, I do a lot of work with the Business Development Bank of Canada, which is the bank for entrepreneurs in Canada. Um, their website is bdc.ca. They've got a lot of great financial management resources for entrepreneurs. So anybody watching or listening, you can check it out. They've got free business plan templates, like stuff you can grab and actually put into action. They actually have a financial management game as well. So you can kind of test your knowledge and work through business type uh, finance stuff. Um, but I, I think it's, it's still lacking and catching up, but I would say definitely with the support for entrepreneurs, it's front and center now, but it, it should have been that way all the time. Is that like the equivalent to the SBA here in the States? Um, this is actually a, a lending organization um, with our government of Canada money. So we also have chambers. We've got other business associations more locally, but this is a federal um, Canada wide organization. Very, very cool. Mm -hmm. I assume anybody can go onto that website though. So Absolutely. it doesn't matter if you're here in the yeah. States or in Canada, you can, you can take advantage of that, which is, which is, which is fantastic. It's really yes. interesting. Go ahead, doc. It's just really interesting also, you know, in, in my field, in the psychology world, uh, therapists get zero training on the business side. Uh, and it's funny because a majority of them wind up trying to go into private practice, which is their mm -hmm. own business and have no clue. I've never had any, never seen business. I was lucky in that world where I was in the business world for 20 years prior. Uh, but it was just you kind of left a feed for yourself on that kind of education. I think they just now added one business class to my alma. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, 
but the other piece is I think it is we it's society, right? We are late to to change, um, especially here in the states. Entrepreneurship wasn't highlighted as much years ago for good reason. So no one really had the reason to have to learn all these financial things in in the school's mind. Uh, plus, those businesses don't really want you to know a lot of this stuff. They want you to be the one that that they that you go to to them for that kind of education, so they can keep you as an employee. That you look to them for that that cost benefit analysis, and only the people at the top would get that kind of an institution of education. Um, so I think a lot of it was very purposeful, uh, and now we're starting to hopefully see some of that shift. And it is great that there is other ways to get that information without having to do it through schooling. Yeah, it's interesting that you bring that up. I work with a lot of medical professionals um, who have gone on to start their own practices. And there needs to be almost a stream when you're going through that education for those who want to run their own own practices, because it's a completely different thing. I can uh, I can speak to that. Not quite firsthand, but my my father's a, a solo practitioner in, in uh, as a doctor. And yeah, uh, it's I think that was a trial by fire experience for my parents, uh, which is probably not ideal, uh, but they, they worked through it and they figured it out. Uh, my, my father was lucky in a sense because back in the 80s when he opened his practice in the early 80s, people still used the phone book and, and our last name started with a B. So he was one of the first <laughs> doctors in the phone book. That helped his business out. Yeah, a lot, you can't rely on that anymore today. So you do really have to have a, have a pretty good fundamental and sound understanding of business to, to make it those first few years, especially. And you probably are not getting that in med school, for example, you're not getting that uh, in most education. So it's, so it's really interesting. Tracy, so for our younger listeners, yes. before you, uh, a phone book was this thing that they used to deliver <laughs> to your house that had a bunch of phone numbers in it. And all the companies magically started with A's, A-A-A, A-A-A-A, A-A-A-A, to, to make sure that they were right up front. Does, doesn't work anymore, right? You know, on the internet, Google doesn't work that way. No. <laughs> Not kidding. Yeah, AAA first. There's a lot of differences. You don't see the AAA all-star moving companies anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, interesting. Do they still do they still deliver phone books to homes? I feel like they do. I, I know I got one probably within the last two years for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think I, I promptly threw it into my recycle bin. But uh. yeah, that's where it went. <laughs> it's a lot of paper. <laughs> I can't believe I still put that thing. I will ideally say that I haven't seen it. It used to just show up on my doorstep occasionally, and I haven't seen one in a little while now. Uh, so I think since the pandemic, for sure. So yeah, that, that, maybe that, that's kind of faded. Might might have stopped it. It's always interesting when somebody's like, "Well, are you listed on the yellowpages.com? And it's like the yellowpages.com still exists. Oh, oh no, I'm not. It's okay. I don't need to be listed on that one. It'll be all right. Uh, Tracy. Have you ever felt like somebody can't be coached up on this stuff or is everybody capable? I mean, is this something pretty universal that everybody can get better at and learn? I do believe that. And um, certainly one thing I haven't touched on yet is cash flow. So money coming in, money going out, that timing that it happens is so critical. Um, so a lot of times when people come to work with me, they'll say, I don't know anything about money. I don't know how to read my financial statements. And I'll say, well, how long have you been in business? And so whether it's six months, two years, five years, 10 years, sometimes it's 25 years, I'll say, well, you know how to manage cash flow. And they'll say, no, I don't. Well, the pure fact that you are still in business and you made the, the money work over all of that period of time, you probably didn't do it efficiently. You probably don't really know 
um, what you were doing, but somehow you figured it out. And so we start from that positive, like I was talking about earlier, um, and build and, and show them the strength that they do have so we can go on to tackle um, the other stuff. Most people are capable unless they've chosen not to not to want to engage in it. So I let people know you're excellent at what you do. That's why you started your business. This is adding another tool to your tool chest um, if you're open to doing it. And so those who aren't keen on on developing that skill, we don't work together. Um, but all of those that I do, they really want to um, increase their financial acumen because they see how they're going to be able to change the trajectory of their business and whether that means growing their sales, whether that means be, being more profitable so they can take care of their family in a better way, whatever their personal goals are, it allows them to achieve them. Um, so I think everybody is capable with the open mind and willingness to, to put in the work. It's, it's not about wishing that you, you understood it. It's about some repetition and practice, learning a language of finance, just like if we were going to learn how to speak Portuguese or we're going to learn French. We've got to put in the repetition and the practice to make it a reality. Because if we're only touching it once a year with our annual financial statements, we're not going to make a lot of headway. I love that. I absolutely love the the way you exemplified that it, it it is a language. It is all about consistency and repetition, and it's not a it's not necessarily a super complicated language. Uh, you, you know, the rules don't really change all that much for the most part over time. So you kind of know when you know, once you learn the basics uh, how to work through a lot of those cash flow statements, you know, balance sheets, so on and so forth. Uh, but a lot of people, I think, are probably intimidated by mm -hmm. by that sort of thing. I hear though, you know, what I hear from you kind of stepping back is it's just, Hey, if you want to be working on your business instead of in your business, this is kind of the steps you need to, like, we need to take control of this. If you really are serious about working on your business. Uh, and I, I think most people we work with that, that's their goal, right? How do I step out of the business a little bit to make it a better business? So I do have more time for mm -hmm. whatever my priorities are, whether that's family or to scale or so on and so forth, you know, you tell us, but there, that's a pretty common common thread. How do we get better on the business, right? How do we make the business the better vehicle? Absolutely. And uh, once people start and they, they can see their, their education learning and their financial acumen growing, and especially if we build out a cash flow forecast, now you've got an idea today. Okay, let's plug it in there. And within minutes, let's see if, if you're going to have enough cash to do this or if in three months time, we're going to have to brainstorm ways to, to get enough cash to do this. Can we hire someone else to do more sales? Should we be seeking a line of credit? Uh, when, like you talked about earlier, if we can proactively plan for things, we can come up with many, many options and try them uh, versus it's the day of payroll and you don't have enough money to pay your bills. So let's ease the stress um, because I've seen as people work through and they, they get more comfortable on the financial side, the stress like visibly lift off their shoulders. Um, when you're stressed about money in your business, it's like you've got half of your mind diverted all of the time. You can't focus on your clients the way that you need to. You're not delivering the way you need to. And it's really messing with everything. It's going to impact your health physically, mentally impact your relationships. And so let's get it under control. And then people start to have fun and they feel empowered knowing they don't know everything. Cause it's like building a house. We're going to build a foundation and we're always going to keep adding to it. I learn new things every week. So it would be unreasonable for you to think you're not going to keep learning or that you can learn it all in a couple months. Let's, let's get the foundation and then you can continue to build as you move forward. Control the controllables. Yeah. If you've got it in, within your control, control it. And, and it's true. I, I mean, the unknown, the uncertainty is what kills people always. You, you know, that that's always, always a, a big one out there 
when I'm working with people, it's the peace of mind is a very powerful thing. And so if you could just invest a little bit of your time or your resources or, or bring on somebody like you who's, who's going to coach and train you on the financial aspect, uh, what what a difference that makes in, in creating the peace of mind so you don't carry that stress. It's, um, it's not the water outside the boat that sinks the boat. It's the water that gets in it, right? It's all that outside stress mm -hmm. that carries into the business that can really sink it. Uh, do you feel... What's that, Doc? Go ahead. I was just going to ask, um, do you feel like it's an ongoing thing working with people or is this something where, hey, after six or 12 months, most people are really pretty comfortable at that stage. And after that, it's more of a, a as needed type of relationship or is your relationship with people, is that an ongoing thing that's going to be there uh, for, for really the duration? So I'm not a bookkeeper or an accountant, so I don't... Um plan to be in, in people's lives in that capacity, kind of on a routine basis. Um, generally, I work with people anywhere from um, three to six months and, and really build that foundation. And then sometimes we, we meet back up and we work on some purposeful things later on, but it's really to build that foundation and get them moving. And if they need the support of financial professionals to help them get to the right people. Because uh, certainly uh, I know uh, many business owners have cycled through many bookkeepers and they've wasted time and money getting with the wrong ones getting them with a good accountant who maybe then can provide that advice on a quarterly basis to them. And so uh, it, it's really a, a one time, maybe it's um, a check in periodically, um, but really to get them started and, and get over that first hurdle. And so as opposed to taking some online course where you're just watching these modules and kind of going through the motions, let's talk about your business. Um, my one on one coaching is really about them, their business and what they want to accomplish. And so it, it, it we cover all the same things, but the the time we spend on them really differs depending on the person and where they're starting from. So you're giving people the education that they never got in school yeah. that they really need, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> let's jump on for a semester or two here. Let's knock out the curriculum and let's get you up to the point where you can stand on your own. Fantastic. That's awesome. Speaking of all those wonderful resources, resources, that was a word. Uh, <laughs> We heard there's something that you have for our audience that you like to share. So um, as you've heard me say, finance is, is lang language. We've got to put it in practice regularly. I'm a huge fan of at least once a month, you're looking at your numbers and you're planning your cash flow. I think weekly is a better cadence if you can devote just 30 minutes to it. So I've got a money meeting agenda for everybody um, checking out the, the show today. And you can download it at cashcoach.biz. And so the first meeting, you might be just looking at the agenda and seeing what do I uh, need to do with this. And then you're going to use that ongoing. But it's a place to get started if you haven't been um, taking care of that side of the business yet. That's awesome. Well, Tracy, we absolutely loved having you on. I really eye opening a lot of the statistics that you talked about and a lot of what you shared. Uh, I think it, it it's something that can serve a whole lot of people out there. So if any of our listeners are out there and you haven't had this education, you haven't worked through and worked with somebody like Tracy to, to get yourself on the right side of, of at least comprehension and having that foundation built, strongly encourage you to check, check out the website, check out Tracy. Everything's going to be in the show notes or on the YouTube notes. Uh, it, reach out and she's going to make a world of a difference. Talk about a 180. Uh, if for nothing else, getting a handle on the business, getting a handle on some of that stress and uncertainty and just eliminating it. So Tracy, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. It's always fun to talk about money and business and where everything kind of intersects. That is the second most fun thing about money. This was the first though. <laughs>
<laughs> All Thank right. Thank you for joining us. I appreciate you. Thank you. Doc, I got to ask, was your favorite part of that the dog barking? I think the dog added that exclamation point on everything that Tracy was saying. It's like full agreement. So we might have to ask our our BA to just include that segment of the dog at the very end. Just just maybe for the cover. I don't know. <laughs> I think that'll be a good cover. Better looking than 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 you and I certainly. That's a pretty little puppy she had she had there. Uh, so so I could appreciate Doc. You know that might have been something that I geek out over and and Tracy's you know devoted her life to. Maybe not uh, your favorite topic to talk about the financials. It's a, it's an important thing with every business though, and that's not to say you're not good with it. It's just not your favorite topic of conversation generally. Um, I loved it. I, I loved hearing from from Tracy on a number of those topics. What was your top takeaway? No, but I do enjoy the the aspect because I think what's important and Tracy highlighted it quite a bit was that people aren't prepared uh, when they're getting into business and they don't know what to expect a lot of times. And as we said, school is not getting you ready for that. And you can't be an expert in all things. And that's where getting someone like Tracy to come in and be your financial fitness trainer is a great strategy because then you don't have to know all those things. She can help get you started and give you that education and guidance. And that's super important because we don't, we have to be aware of what we don't know. And then we have to surround ourselves with people that know those things better. And so, I mean, I think that's a great takeaway from, from what we were talking about. And I think that is a very important message. Yeah. Trace, Tracy said something and she almost like slipped it in there. You know, if you didn't listen carefully, you might not have heard it, but Tracy said, well, you could just, you know, get a course to do this and be semi-engaged in the course to, to work through it. But chances are you're, you're not really that engaged and you're not really learning, which is so true. I, I mean, we just see that all the time. People, people try to learn stuff the information's out there, right? It's not like you can't learn how to, how to read a, a you know, balance sheet or you know, your income statement, so on and so forth. That stuff's available, but to, do it yourself and teach it yourself, especially if you are intimidated or you are nervous or you've just got a mental block around this. I mean, it's 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 math and a lot of people aren't that comfortable with math, um, whether or not they're actually good at it. It's a whole nother story to work with somebody like Tracy uh, in this or, you know, in general, to work with somebody who's an expert in their field that can really engage with you is a very different experience than just trying to do it on your own. So unless you're really good at that, uh, I think it was a little understated, but I want to, I want to really highlight, you know, there's a significant benefit. I, I, I mean, I arguably it's, it's light and it's, you know, it's day versus night in, in regards to difference of working alongside side somebody who's an expert in their field and, and can really bring you to that level. And we see that in, in the world, world we we're in too, as coaches, right? When it comes to time management, when it comes to sales, when it comes to confidence in public speaking, there is just a lot there that you're probably going to struggle to pick up on your own. You know, a lot better just to have somebody fast forward that for you. Well worth the investment of your time. And we have to remember not everybody learns the same. So for some people, those courses, you can read it and implement and be great at it. And some people learn different. Some people need those visual or that audio and to actually do the hands-on work and kind of have the back and forth that you don't get just going through a course that doesn't mean everyone some people really succeed at that um, so just know your strengths and how you want to how you learn best and then that's how you implement yeah all right doc i think uh i think i need to go reach out to tracy and, and get 
make sure I'm on the right track here. Okay, that's a good idea. You should go do that. Yeah. In, in, in the meantime, for all our listeners out there, again, if you haven't liked, subscribed, followed, given us a five-star review, please go ahead and do that. Uh, the doc, if you're watching on YouTube, just put a link below to one of our freebies, six methods to make sure your business doesn't fail. We might have to add a seventh after this conversation. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, you can find this in the show notes and you can find us. Doc, where can they find us? You can find us anywhere, all over Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn and Pinterest, and all at JB and the Doctor, or of course at jbandthedoctor.com, where you can also listen to our podcast or read our illustrious blog. So no matter how you like to take it in, we have you audio, visually, and through reading. We got you covered. We got you. We got you. All right, Doc. I'm JB. I'm out. Peace out, yo.